0: Well, here we are, having our second try at this, because I stuffed up the first one.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting to see what we talk about this time, whether we talk about the same things.
0: Well, we're talking about immigration and whether, I don't know whether we can be motivated the second time as we were motivated the first time.
1: I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I'm still hoping that, from what I see on Twitter, there's a... So much of a protest now that I'm waiting for the government to do something differently. But at the same time, so I'm hopeful that there's more of a protest in the community about the Temple family being held on Christmas Island for four years or whatever it is. A long time anyway. Um, so I'm hoping that there's more of a change of attitude in the community, but I don't see any change of attitude in the government apart from one or two members. And it is heartening to see that earlier in the week, There was rumours that there were people, that there were people in parliament, LNP members in parliament who were protesting and saying, you know, we need to change our attitude and send these people back to to the Queensland town of Biloela. And eventually, I guess they got called out on the cowardice because they were okay to say it in parliament, but not in public. But now at least three of them have come forward and publicly disagreed Mm -hmm. with the government approach. So I think that's a good thing. There's there's a lot of of protest. There has been protest for years, but there's more of it now. Um, Yeah, and I
0: wonder whether those those three people that are protesting, whether they're protesting because in their electorate it might have some great meaning, like there might be lots of immigrants or whatever, and maybe they're siding up to them. So do they actually Well, one believe of
1: those is actually, his seat does take him, the, oh, <laughs> the Billowheeler community.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that probably says it all, really. <laughs> so, at the end of the day, he is thinking about is thinking his about electorate. Himself? Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
1: and yeah, that sort of political opportunism or, yeah, I don't know what else to call it. But... Um, so doing the politically right thing rather than what's morally... And looking after, the right yeah, know, looking after their jobs. Yeah, looking after their jobs. It's funny, we, we Self-interest. see... Self-interest. Th- yeah, we
0: see this in the US all the time where they're so busy looking after. <laughs> <laughs> their They're only interested in whether or not they can retain their job. You know, and the issue is... And we, we hear... Th- someone mentioned that also about Victorian... Um, ministers or Victorian politicians who earn in excess of $200,000 a year and how they're focused just on looking after their jobs as opposed to looking after and caring for their constituents.
1: But it seems to me that if you do a good job, you hold your job, don't you?
0: Well, I don't know. My father used to say (laughs) <laughs> so, my father used to say that in Port Adelaide, and this is not a not meant to be a racist thing, what well, I'm about to say, but he said in Port Adelaide, because I don't think he thought of that at all, but um, in Port Adelaide you could put a monkey up for election and it would get in for the Labor Party.
1: Oh, that's just being classist, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> very, Yeah, well, it is. It's
0: not being racist though. But um, yes, and I think there are some electorates, that doesn't matter. All.
1: Oh, I think we live yeah. in one of those. We do. <laughs> we live we in do. a Labor stronghold, so. Um,
0: <clears throat> yeah, well, I guess the same principle that my father espoused will apply here. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, I,
1: it sounds it's a bit demeaning to say that, that, like that. I think it's better to say there's a, a Labor stronghold and it doesn't, yeah, it probably doesn't matter who gets up, but I never see anything from the alternatives until election day, so I think, well, they've not done a very good job anyway, so at the moment I wouldn't even know. Who the greens candidate is which is the one that i'd be most likely to mm. vote for i don't even know who they are so why would i give them a vote
0: i answered a survey the other day do you hear me answering that survey yeah, I did. and uh and they asked me about the Greens. i, said, I don't even know who the greens yeah. elect- greens candidate. Why would i be voting for them if i don't know who they are necessarily you know I was, no i was saying <coughs> i tend to i do look at who the type of candidate is and if it's someone that I like or that I know you know I might be I might tend to vote for them but if I don't know who they are regardless of their politics you know I am more interested in the person who's representing us than I am the political party that they represent which is interesting
1: because I know here we've had a couple of occasions I've had a couple of occasions to be in touch with the local member and they have been fantastic Mm. And yet Labour Party policy has alienated me from the Labour Party. And yet I was a, you know, diehard Labour person for a long for a very long time, since I was about seventeen or so. No,
0: since you could vote.
1: Um, since before I could vote, I remember uh, going down to the voting poll and insisting that my parents vote Labour and that would have been for Whitlam, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was so disappointed the other day to read, you know how we have this rhetoric, talking about immigration, we have this rhetoric of queue jumpers, people mm. who jump, even though there is no queue, and it's just a made-up thing to demonise people who come to Australia by boat. Um, but the first person to say that in Australia was Gough Whitlam back in around 1973. No, that's disappointing. I was so disappointed because he's one of my heroes so.
0: and he's the one you encouraged your parents to vote for <laughs> that's right so, so clearly that was important
1: yeah yeah that's right yeah so what could we do this weekend I was going to suggest that we could go to government house this weekend because they've got it open
0: what tomorrow
1: <sighs> yeah we could probably go today I think it's open until I don't know I'm going have a look yeah. I, don't, I doubt that either of us would be re- so I'm just raising it with a big grin on my face because neither of us are likely to go there
0: yeah well <clears throat> uh would we get it to go into parliament house sorry into government house?
1: government house i don't know whether i th- i don't know whether they just, well, is it open just sitting, the on the, sitting on sitting in
0: the grounds yes. that beautiful grounds though you've got to admit oh, it's lovely of course they do Yeah. yeah. Do you reckon yeah. they'll have a, they'll The
1: best for the so-called <coughs> best. I reckon
0: they should make you and I, or you or I, a governor. <laughs> I reckon that'd be I a fun job.
1: I would never take up that position, though. That would be... Oh, you
0: know, rubbish. If someone, watch. if they'd sent you a letter saying, Dr. No, Deirdre Michelle, we think you're fabulous. No. We want you to be governor.
1: <laughs> no, that for me would be a point of principle. A bit like Adam Goods and not going into the AFL Hall of Fame because the, of the way that he was treated. Oh, fair this enough. This is not the way that I've been treated. But my long-standing, you know, again, way back from when I was seventeen, my opposition to having um, a British monarch as the head of Australia. Look,
0: I can rest, I can rest assured that no one would know who you were anyway, because <laughs>
1: that's not the point. No
0: one knows. No one knows who I'm the Governor General is. Be- Oh, I,
1: well, if yeah. you're in that position. But I did love it when it was, Hugh Van Lee was there from 2014 until recently. And he was a Vietnamese boat person, to use that horrible ling- lingo, in that mm. he fled Vietnam. So he,
0: he jumped the queue.
1: He, ju- he was a queue He was jumper. a queue jumper. Yeah, My yeah God. good on him. I think that's fantastic. Um, but, but, oh, and good on the Labor government for installing him. In Government House, because that was a protest, obviously against the rhetoric mm. around refugees as well.
0: Mm. But you know, what what does what does the governor do? I mean, the governor saw signs royal assent, so I guess that's an important, you know, um, constitutional function that they do. But what else do they do? Like, what they're representing the Queen, for God's sake, you know. So no. I'll
1: be there, I have no idea what they
0: do. They do it. Go to official functions for what purpose? Like who sees them? <laughs> <They're like> up,
1: <laughs> cleaning our cleaning We're basic plebs, love.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. But uh, it's an insignificant, uh, but well-paid, well-housed.
1: Well, definitely well-housed. Yeah, yeah. yeah and you're job You're going to have it? to clean up after yourself. Or even in light and easy, because there will be staff.
0: Do you, you think know. people make your bed for you and oh, stuff think like that? I they'll do everything for you. Oh, let's get that we'll probably job. probably dress That's you, if you if you needed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're getting to that point in our lives where we might need it. <laughs>
1: oh, so we can pretend we're aristocrats. Yeah.
0: yeah, in a nursing home with people looking after us and changing our nappies. <laughs> doing was, everything for us. Yeah, yeah. Like
1: the lazy buggers that have all their servants doing everything for them.
0: Yeah, so, anyways, you you did talk in our our last one about um, those two young kids and their family on Christmas Island. And Um, you
1: did do a talk on that this week as well, didn't
0: you? Yeah, yeah, because, you know, it's about, well, our focus was on children, so it was about how these, you know, one of them became ill with pneumonia or some other condition, and uh, it took them a while to attend to her, really. That was the distressing thing and and uh, fly her out to Perth and I just I just think our caring for well our caring for children is appalling end of story that's that's something I focus on all the time the way we don't care about our kids at With all
1: some and, children
0: well um, well you know the fact is the children don't focus politically on our agenda much at all
1: no that's true too so but there are some children um, who will be treated definitely differently than other children. So if that had been a white family, would they have been treated differently?
0: Well, if they were a white family, they wouldn't be on Christmas Island with immigration issues well, to start tra- with.
1: <laughs> they wouldn't be, exactly. They would be treated differently. You know?
0: Interestingly enough, I mean, most of the people in immigration or detention centre, or immigration centres uh, are usually bloody British who have overstayed their visas. They overstayed their visas, yeah. So they've clearly... Well, have they jumped? Maybe they're in a different queue altogether. I think they probably are That's a different issue altogether, isn't it? Really, as opposed to us. You know, for example, we we haven't found any. I don't know. I don't know how many. I think they're the only people on Christmas Island, are not they?
1: Are there I other don't, detainees I on I Christmas don't actually
0: Island? Actually, no.
1: I, all I know, really all I know is is um, that it costs a fortune to keep them and that's taxpayer money so and it costs something it's already cost like something like six million dollars i've heard stories of two guards following mum and the two children walking along the beach which just sounds like the most ridiculous thing in the world because where are they going to go anyway and
0: hop in a boat hop in a boat and go (laughs) back to indonesia i don't know
1: and and plus you know that's expense so that's part of that six million dollar expense obviously and the third thing that i heard was christine keneally um, did go to recently to Christmas Island and visited the family and she saw an incident where a guard hurt their hand and they were immediately evacuated to Perth Hospital oh, right. whereas little Thanika was ill for something like 10 days before she was evacuated to Perth Hospital
0: So we did talk about in the in our previous conversation which we're not playing here but um, about the inhumanity that we show towards people end of story you know unless unless there's something self-serving in it politicians don't tend to want to just I don't know just follow their their humaneness if they have any
1: I don't think that well it seems to me like they don't I don't know whether we just have a bunch of psychopaths or sociopaths and what is the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath anyway but they're definitely, I think, they're, they're, they're bullies. Mm. And what's the difference between a bully and a psychopath? They're all technical things that I don't know the answer to.
0: Well, I don't think a bully necessarily needs to be a psychopath. I think a bully often doesn't recognise nor actually care about the behaviours that they do and the impact that they have on others. Um, but a a psychopath wouldn't have... Any emotional connection, anyway, whatsoever, normally. Um, and a sociopath is someone that just finds it in- difficult to interact with the world generally. Okay. Whereas a psychopath can interact with the world really, really, really well. Right. And a sociopath may not. So
1: okay. So maybe they're bullies, according to those definitions.
0: Well, they're, they're they're bullying
1: bullying that family and um
0: for what end though
1: to what end well it is that the whole rhetoric around we don't want the people smuggler business starting up and that that line that julia gillard came out with in something like 2008 where we don't want people to die at sea and oh my god i think i heard um a, 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 a liberal MP call out that same line they just use it actually, they actually don't care at all they just don't want people coming i don't think they care about people dying in the ocean i don't think they want people well they don't to care about orders. people
0: dying when they're in detention so why do the no. they care about people <laughs> is
1: that, that is just what they say
0: yeah yeah and and it's it's a, it's a um, line they trot out now yeah and it's how can i can't describe it it's a feigned sense of empathy you know like they're feigning empathy empathy yeah, and that, they're not yes. so they appear like they're yes. empathetic we don't want people to die yeah. because they want to come to australia I don't Uh, believe any of them. No, I don't believe, I believe they use that just as a sort of a, I don't know, a trope or something. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I think you're right, it is a trope. So there's the trope. We don't want the people smuggling business starting up again. And we don't want people dying at sea during that business. Um, And if you read um, Boris Pichani's book, oh my God, it starts out with a terrible situation where he is on a small boat from in, coming out from Indonesia and the boat is overturned and there are people who do die at sea and he is picked up by a larger ship, I can't remember um, whether they're English or Norwegian or whatever, but anyway and so you know about that possibility and it sounded like a really, really mm. rugged thing to do and which speaks to the risks that people are prepared to take to get to somewhere they might feel more safe from where they're fleeing
0: from and do we ever really d- talk about the trauma that these people have experienced in their lives generally and the reasons why they're leaving whatever it is that they're leaving you know like we tend to we tend to think that somehow they're they're middle-class people that are simply looking for a better life yeah, as opposed to
1: they would have come by the plane they, they would have
0: so who, who are most of the people that come here that overstay their, their visas? Oh, they they're people that money. fly in. <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 that's right. And they might well have money as well, even if they're fleeing, but they're fleeing to safety. The issue is not the money.
0: And where's this line that they talk about where the everybody's queue. the queue? Yeah, there where's is no that? queue.
1: There is no queue. But you're suppo- what you're supposed to do to be a good refugee, and I'm using inverted commas there, is be waiting around in a refugee camp for years and then you're called a good refugee and then you're allowed in. Yeah,
0: and if you apply for refugee status, you'd, you would probably apply for refugee status in the country in which you are housed, right? So, um, you know, that is the country at which... you. At so you're in the country where you are at risk of being harmed or killed or whatever, right? Um, so the issue around refugees is that they don't want to stay in that country they don't want to stay where they're likely to be harmed or killed, mm. so they try desperately to move to somewhere else where they're not. So, do they then? When does this queue start? Like, does it start in the country of origin, or does it start when they go to a refugee camp? Um, and when you're in a refugee when we camp, we
1: started bombing Iraq.
0: Well, yeah, probably.
1: And I think we need to look at our complicity in some of the situations from which, obviously, not all of them, but some of the situations from you know countries from.
0: Well, did, it start, did the Vietnamese start to come here? We well? were definitely complicit we were, in that. When we were Obviously. bombing the daylights out of their, their country. we were
1: complicit in that. You yeah. know,
0: and a lot of them were political refugees because they sided with the other. And then there's all these Afghanistan um, people that worked with the Australian forces as well. Um who are likely to be translators yeah and and other things Mm. but they're um they're like to be killed by the taliban
1: yes they will no longer have any protection
0: now so where do they fit on the queue yeah yeah you know and what consideration have we given to them i believe we've given some but you know (laughs) what we saw a
1: little bit of this queue during covid anyway didn't we because Tom Hanks was in Australia when we weren't letting anyone in.
0: <laughs> he was already here.
1: Oh, he was already here, was he? Yeah. Were there yeah. other people that we let in?
0: Uh, probably. Uh, there would have been. Let me think. There were. I don't know whether for the Australian Open in the the golf um, that we had overseas visitors. We did. For that and for the um, tennis, mm-hmm. there were. There's a whole of that's hell of true. A, a that's true. They did it. have to
1: go into quarantine, which they. <coughs> protested about i think we had i think if you've
0: got money if you've got money and influence you'll probably get into any country yeah well that's the point isn't it you're always
1: at the top of the queue if you've got loads of money yeah yeah and if you've got brown skin no money and a bit fleeing persecution you've got bugger all you're at the bottom of the queue and if you can
0: get a visa into the country you're probably in a better position as well because you can apply for certain grades yep. of visas over time working visas whatever so if you if you've got access to a job and uh whatever and it is sponsored some you. someone yeah. sponsors you you've got a good chance of getting in but i guess those situations given the number of people that are seeking to leave their home country and enter another um are massive in comparison you know like how many how many people are going to sponsor people to come into Australia? Mm. You know, we wouldn't have that many people that could sponsor people, I guess. So, yeah. So how do people do it correctly? Who knows?
1: Mm. And it, of course, there is a story that's been running around um, Twitter this week, reminding us of the au pairs that, could, because the Im- immigration ministers and home affairs minister can, of course, make exce- and prime minister can make exceptions. Um, and uh, a few years ago, Dutton was quite famous, and we were reminded of that this week for letting in au pairs <laughs> so people can go
0: look after children
1: and go and look after children for people who don't want to or can't or are busy working or whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the o- the other thing that makes me think about the bullying um, idea, though, is because of the robo debt because that was really that's really a form of bullying, wasn't it? Mm. to insist that people owe debt even if they didn't owe debt to the government
0: well those people some people didn't have a debt at all so i don't even no, know how that right. i don't even know how that happened how they picked out their name through this algorithm or whatever and sent them a phone call or a letter I it's don't just know that they
1: they owed money and sometimes thousands of dollars when they didn't owe didn't anything money at all. or owed a small amount of money yeah and now that's been declared um, they call that unlawful which is different to criminal, obviously.
0: Well, if it was criminal, you'd have to have people up on charges, I guess.
1: Yeah, 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 that's that's true. That's true. So it's so we it. can't
0: do that because, you know, you'd have to put Dutton and others up on...
1: And Morrison, because I think it started, didn't it, with Morrison when he was social services minister. Yeah, right that's so. right. And Stuart Robinson. Oh, lock him up.
0: <laughs> Let's <laughs> be done with it.
1: No, and drop him off on Christmas Island. Yeah. Don't let him back in
0: yep and hopefully he'll get pneumonia and then we won't attend to him
1: <laughs> oh, that's, that's, well, that's a bit mean that is super that is super mean even i wasn't thinking that oh. just, just a very long stint on christmas island yeah and if he wants to hang out with his mate so send, what does it send take them over too
0: so what does it take then for people to become empathetic enough to make decisions that are humane
1: i have heard And I don't know if this is true or not, but some people would say that if you've had a lot of difficult experiences, lots of suffering, you are more likely to be empathetic than people who've never suffered anything.
0: True. (laughs) Because you can relate to it.
1: Because you can relate to it. And it's, it's, it's a learning, I guess.
0: But can't we just, like... Like but if I you're only ex-
1: privileged, you don't care anyway.
0: But I don't be? have to have experienced um, being raped to know that that is, that is a horrific experience for someone who's gone through that. I don't need to have been raped to know that hearing their story is really, really important.
1: But have you suffered?
0: Well, that's a good question. Well, no, not in that sense. I haven't.
1: Not physical, abuse, You've never suffered that.
0: No, emotional and psychological, I have though. There you go. So I live with you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah, and you do have
1: experience of being marginalised and
0: oh yeah, yeah. I've got all of that. Treated as different. I know what it's like to feel sad. I know what it's like to be feel depressed Uh, and even suicidal. I understand all of those things. I know what it's like to be in those positions, it doesn't mean that I've, I've necessarily had the same circumstances. It's about it
1: suffering about. versus, no, you know, it's hard to imagine any human being, no matter how privileged, not suffering anything, because you'd surely go through at least loss.
0: I can't even, grief. I can't imagine what it'd be like to be in a war, a war-torn country. No, me neither. I can't imagine that, but I could relate to that movie we saw the other day, Birdsong. I could no, not relate. I could understand the trauma yes. of watching. You know, I've never been in a war setting me either. Neither. So, oh, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> you say that as if it's, it's new information for me. No, no I've never I never. Been. I
1: think some kids live in do seem to live in something that could be characterised. As a, a war
0: zone,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and certainly the trauma. Lots of violence a, and yeah, f- exac- that sort of exac- stuff. And not fear. No fear. Just yeah, fear. living with eternal fear. I certainly had that. I was always living in fear that I'd be um, ousted from my foster home if mm. I didn't comply. Um, yes, yeah, so, yeah. So I think, yeah, we don't need to have the exact same experience
0: to to experience the emotion so if we understand so if we understand the emotion Mm. see i think if we understand and have experienced the emotion um then we will have a closer understanding as to someone experiences even though that that experience is totally different to our own Mm. i think we can connect with the emotions that people would fear feel we can't connect with the trauma necessarily that's created by their experiences like being like watching some of that stuff we saw oh that's
1: absolutely horrific you know thousands of
0: bodies and people and having to get up and run into the the germans and be shot and knowing that you know this is the end of your life those sorts of things we haven't no ever had to experience so i get that but i guess it's at least acknowledging too that we haven't had that experience
1: which is important
0: that's important in itself i think Um, because we contrast everything based on our own experiences. So, you know, that is way beyond our experiences. So we can imagine, but we can still imagine how traumatic that must be.
1: And have some compassion. And
0: compassion, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. their
1: experience. So why
0: don't politicians have compassion? They may not have had the experiences, but why can't they have the compassion?
1: It's quite interesting because that's a line... That is implicit when Anthony Albanese says that he understands coming from a difficult background, because his mother apparently had a disability, and um, he he lived in a single parent household. Mm. So he suggests he hints at having some compassion um, in the, in that way, and I'm not disbelieving him I'm, at all. I don't see why he wouldn't even if he is a politician. (laughs) But there's part of me that goes, oh, I'm a little bit sceptical as well because you are a politician. And a long-term, a career politician as well. Um, But have I seen any compassion from Dutton or... No, none from him. None from him. Compassion for himself when he cried.
0: Greg, uh, yeah, yeah. Do we have compassion for um I mean that well, what's the, the the guy who um is up for assault um what's his name
1: Greg Lemming
0: no no he's oh, no, another one Christian Porter Christian Porter yeah yeah, yeah. so what compassion for himself yeah only for himself but though. it
1: seems like only for themselves so you couldn't say they're psychopaths because they no no they no. have feelings <laughs> no no but <it's, laughs> psychopaths do have them.
0: feelings the psychopaths oh, okay. are not without feeling. feeling. Okay. They are without acknowledging other people's Achilles feelings.
1: feelings. Okay.
0: That's what they lack. They're very conscious of their own feelings and what they're going to gain from whatever it is that they're doing.
1: Right. They're very conscious of that. In so fact good that's politicians. what
0: politicians. Yeah, probably. Yeah, psychopaths
1: are good yeah, good
0: politicians. And they know how to manipulate people to get what they want, so there's an emotion in that alone. So <coughs> But Christian Porter now there's a man who has a, a high. See, high
1: opinion of himself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now see, the entitlement is the other issue. That, yes. These guys believe that they're, in, or not just guys. These people believe that they're entitled to <coughs> the position that they hold, the income that they earn, and the power and authority that they wield. So they think that that is the thing that they. That is more important to them, I guess than feeling compassionate for others and making decisions based on compassion alone because compassion is irrational for these people it's all everything else is rational you know the way they wield their power their own influence their own sense of entitlement all that's rational i guess for them the irrationality is being compassionate for other people
1: Mm, i see it the other way around
0: because emotions are not rational yes
1: i don't disagree with you but i see it as the other way around that the rational thing to do is
0: to be compassionate and kind well i would agree but i don't think they see that as because ra- rationality if you're rational you're more likely to or i guess the belief is that if you're rational you're more likely to make sensible decisions yes
1: that's a long because isn't the
0: other thing is you're emotional because you know you women, you're always emotional, therefore you always make shitty decisions and sh- therefore you should never be in power.
1: And men never act and never, never emotions and mac- th- kill somebody. Well, the that's right. The you
0: know, we create the wars. <laughs> that's, right. that's how rational we are. We don't find diplomatic ways or other ways to work through problems. We just want to sh- friggin' shoot people.
1: Well, and so often that violence does seem to happen in the spirit of, a bit of being overtaken by emotions as well even though that's the bizarre thing isn't it that's the bizarre
0: thing yeah yeah like people people are more likely to murder somebody uh that is and do it in a not a a non-premeditated way because they're getting angry and they're emotional and you know, they lose sight of rationality and so they go off and they kill someone. So that's when they make their, those sorts of decisions.
1: So on the one hand, men are more rational and more violent. <laughs>
0: yeah, apparently. <laughs> that's,
1: that's not, yeah. That's well, I different.
0: think, I'd like to think that's more like a humanitarian, that's like a, a not humanitarian, that's a, a human trait.
1: No, I, I don't, d- I don't I, disagree I don't with necessary. you. If we think about the way that masculinity and femininity is constructed, then men are constructed as more rational and less emotional, but the reality it's is not true that's the way they're constructed.: That's right, that's but right. the reality is that men are more violent, yep. uh, physically violent than women who are constructed as being gentle and kind and more nurturing and compassionate.
0: Yeah, and I think the reason why men are more more physically violent is because they're usually stronger, larger, not um, oh, because they can and they can. yeah. Yes, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's that old idea of weakness that men aren't supposed to be weak and you need to be physically yeah strong and
0: powerful. And it's not like women don't try and fight back. I know mm. many cases I've worked with over the years where women have, have tried to fight back, but you know, it's an escalating event, isn't it? And eventually the stronger of the two takes over and beats the shit out of the weaker of the two. That's mm. just the way it goes. It's the
1: physically weaker of the two. Yeah, people. that's
0: right. And then eventually the physically weaker of the two learns not to fight back in that way. So they'll choose other methods to fight back, Mm. you know, arguing, walking away, that sort of stuff. Mm. So this is a bit of a different conversation from the one we had earlier, isn't it? It
1: is a different conversation, but talking about domestic violence, Julia Baird has written an article about the high incidence of domestic violence in the Anglican tradition recently.
0: Is that the Anglican church?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, tradi- yeah. Tradition. Is church, that what you mean? Church. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. With the Anglicans, and mm-hmm. and I'm glad that she raised that, but I was thinking about conversations that I've had with you over the last couple of weeks when Morris, when there was a lot of conversa- conversation about Morrison being a Pentecostal, and I found myself in an odd position of defending this man that I can't stand because he was saying I'm a Christian Uh, and people were saying well if you're a Pentecostal you can't be a Christian and I'm saying well if he identifies as a Christian he's a Christian and then there was all this talk and chatter on Twitter for a long time about how bad the Pentecostals are compared to all the other Christians, so all the other Christians are, are, are the good guys. And I know from all of my research, from the Catholic Church, the Ang- not, there is no church unscathed by child sexual abuse scandals. And the big churches are definitely like, um, the, like the Roman Catholic Church is, is very much on the nose around all of that and so on the one hand i'm devastated about the women experienced domestic violence but i was also really smugly pleased that it was one of the mainstream christian churches being called out on their beha- bad bad behavior mm. so you, i don't think you can say that one group of christians are better than another group of christians but that's what christians do they say they're better than the other group of christian and one of the things that they do one of their tactics is to say that whatever group of Christian they don't like, and it's usually the new bods, they say they're not Christian. Mm. Um, so, so yes, as I said, I'm upset to see that. Um, but, but Upset but not surprised to see the prevalence of domestic violence in that tradition,
0: church. <laughs> I don't understand what you mean by you're, you're upset but not surprised.
1: Well, I'm upset because women are suffering, Ah, but also enough. not surprised because of the long-standing ideas about men as the rulers of the household and men are superior to to women. It doesn't mm. really surprise me. And they in use that the Bible. Respect. They
0: use the Bible to substantiate those beliefs too, don't they?
1: Yeah. Well, they proof text it. Yeah. Yeah. Proof text it. Yeah, that's, that's, good what they, that's what they do. Take out little little snippets from mm. something written thousands of years ago.
0: Yeah, it um, nothing to do with today at all.
1: No, well, in 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 many ways, there's nothing new under the sun, um, which I think might be Ecclesiastes. <laughs> uh, but to, yes, to live your current life along the standards of you know material that was written thousands of years ago it seems.
0: Yes, it isn't, and it isn't true. And, the, and uh, it is proof texted. Yeah, and there are. We
1: don't do everything.
0: There are That's some the truisms, Bible. I guess. Within yeah, totally. The, within and there'll be some. Tef-
1: philosophical or, or dating position. back to
0: Socrates. And, totally. You know, like.
1: Totally, totally.
0: Thousands of. Well, whatever. Not, maybe not thousands, but a long time ago. I mean, there's always been some truisms, I guess, in, in the, any writing.
1: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, so, so I'm feeling smugly vindicated <laughs> at the present time because I did find myself as I said defending a man that I would not normally defend but on the grounds of his Christian identification and because he was mocked because of that and I didn't think he should be mocked because of that any more than anybody else mm. should be mocked and then there was a whole lot of Christians coming forward and you know talking about how he's not really a Christian because he because he's at the, because the Pentecostals are into this whole prosperity thing but then you look at the Roman Catholic Church and think hmm that doesn't really seem to work because they have a lot of property.
0: That they do. They have a lot of money. Mm.
1: So I don't see that the Pentecostals are any worse in that regard than any of the other Christian denominations.
0: Well, there's lots of Pentecostal priests, not priests, what do they call them? Pastors. Pastors, yes. Yeah, yeah, who earn millions and millions of dollars from those churches. I don't
1: think they earn it, but... Well, okay, no, they, they,
0: they gather <laughs> it. Gather it
1: and then hoard it. Yeah, yeah,
0: and then they buy their, you know, um, their jets and whatever to travel from one place to another.
1: But ironically, just before this all broke, and, and I'm talking probably a month ago now, this story about, and I think that Mar- the story was that Morrison went to a Pentecostal conference and talked about how he was following God's calling or whatever. And he used a lot of language that, in a, that if you're not a Christian, doesn't make sense, but if you're a Christian, you'd get it, mm. no matter what brand of Christian. And he needed to get called out because he used um, public funds to get there and be there. So I think that was ent- entirely... Yep right so it was a private sh- event private event but he used public he used funding it. so it was totally right that he'd be called on that yeah. it was the conversation around picking on the pentecostals that i that i didn't end up agreeing with um and that went on for quite a long a long period of time i didn't think that they were you know people would talk about being him being a the pentecostals being um snake or snake oil salesmen and that sort of stuff comes to mind. But it was on the back of a story of the Greek Orthodox Church and a particular priest in that tradition making oodles of money out of age care. Like in a big mansion that he was... yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> there is not one of these churches that is better than the other when it comes to
0: No, no, ethics. no. And some of them, all of them, at some point, make... Um, find a way to develop a uh, a
1: justification ju- yeah yeah for their
0: <laughs> yeah yeah for, for their, their greed ex- yeah, yeah spot on spot yeah on.
1: yeah they're all as bad as each
0: other okay well thanks for that second chat today i hope this one works out better than the first
1: that's a lot of talking we've done it's a lot we? of talking we've
0: spent <laughs> most of the day having a chat and hopefully this one's fine so thanks everybody for being part of conversations over coffee with Dee and tony And we look forward to catching up with you next time. Thanks, Dee.
1: Thanks, Tony.